tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In the first part of episode 6, Dan answers Gary's question about how to go about choosing a new guitar. Dan's advice covers thinking about what kind of guitar you're looking for and what different manufacturers like Gibson, Fender Cirque, Charvel or PRS have to offer. from our last two sessions uh, I've been looking at um, some rhythm playing and trying to find some difficult songs in order to push myself a little bit yeah. so I'd really like some guidance and ideas about that continuing from what we've done already also been looking at Nam and interested in some of the guitars that are coming out and thinking about a new guitar at some stage for myself so maybe we could talk a bit about that too how to worry the bank manager yeah yeah, please, yeah. <laughs> yeah how to lighten my wallet yeah. yeah so those are the kind of two things I'd like to look at today yeah, I mean, it'd be great to maybe look at some of the songs that you've been working on recently where you've come up against problems and try and fix the problems or or figure out sort of why they are problematic and work a way around it. The guitar question as well, I think, is a very interesting question. You know, not a, not a week goes by without somebody saying to me, oh, what should I buy or I don't know what to buy. or yeah. And it's, you know, it's the age-old problem. You know, And if you think it gets any easier after me playing for 35 years, I'm telling you now it doesn't because I still struggle with it. But I do know what the pitfalls are and I'm always kind of happy to hold on to my money until something good comes along. I was quite interested by your um, Baja telly, actually, because yes. that's less less bank breaking. Yes, and, and yes. I'm still then increasing my tonal output or choice. Hmm. <laughs> I, I think you've got to look at the reasons why you either want to change, yeah, or you want to rest and move on to something else. And you know, is it is it because you're doing a musical project, or or is it because of some other reason? Total I mean, geekiness. <laughs> well, yeah, that comes into it too. You know, if you've got the money, honey, you know what they yeah, say. Yeah. I mean, my, my nephew, for example, is a professional musician and he buys the guitars that he needs to complete a job. So a few months ago, he was playing for Leona Lewis. He needed lots of sounds instantly available on tap, didn't have money to burn. And so for 700 quid, he got a second-hand Line 6 Variax and I think it was like possibly the Tom Anderson designed ones. No, Tyler, sorry, James Tyler designed ones. They pack loads and loads of sounds. They're a well-made guitar. A friend of mine had one of those. Had a Jackson, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're, they're not the best known, and you, you won't usually hear guitarists waxing lyrical. You know, it's, it's not a 52 telly with all original everything. You know, it, it yeah. just sounds like the bee's knees. But it's designed to sound like a whole bunch of different instruments under one roof for a paltry sum. And for what he was doing, for the money he had in his bank account, it served him well. After that, sell that, move on to the next thing. 
he's now touring with Emily Sande, and he's he's doing okay. (laughs) I think I think he's got a Gibson three three five, like an older one that he's picked up somewhere down the line, which is a great place to start for that kind of. Gary Clark Jr. plays one of those, I think, or he's got he's certainly got some. He's got an Epiphone one, isn't he? Is it Epiphone? Is it? I have a feeling it's an Epiphone model. I think his is a casino, isn't it? Rather than the three three five, the casino has the P90s on it as opposed to full humbuckers and I think Mike's had the, the humbuckers and he then went out and got an old Japanese K jazz guitar from the 70s uh, okay. which again it's the look it's, it's you know if you're doing photo shoots and all that sort of stuff it's it's got it all going on and for his own stuff his regular squeeze is a telly and I don't think it's an expensive telly it's whatever telly he can lay his hands on so that's how he operates you know, I've known other people who can only play a couple of chords and, and you know, they're down the music shop buying a, a PRS Custom 24. Yeah. You know. Or, or, or the Sirs, or the... I mean, there's there's still a Charvel down at uh, GAC that's quite interesting. But, the Guthrie Govan one. Yeah, yeah, still there. Now, ever, ever since you've come to lessons, we've been talking guitars, and it's been hovering away in the background, like, should I buy this or should I buy that or I'm not sure what way to go what do you think drives your you know your sort of desire to purchase another axe Uh, I think it's uh, that point that you're playing where you go I've thrown everything into this this has got this particular guitar this has got all my finger stains on the fretboard and and I love it to bits for all of that but it's uh, it's it's a double humbucker it's got a certain range of sounds and like the country twang was we managed to achieve but nice to have a little bit more kind of variety mm. available also having a go on your uh, sir a while ago noticing the higher fret and just the playability of it was an interesting thing you know having mm. a different kind of guitar to, 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 to develop your skill with I was, see, I was musing on this very subject as I so often do earlier today I was thinking about this and I always am a firm believer that that you know if you want a guitar to sound pretty authentic, like you want that Les Paul to waft of you know fifties and sixties Les Paul tones. While there's some great modern Les Pauls out there, possibly the best place to start is with something like a you know a Gibson reissue. You're going to have parts kind of closer to the original. The design is not going to be compromised, and all the rest of it. Unfortunately, along with the lack of compromise over the build and the the way it plays, means that there are compromises in the way it plays. Yeah. If you see, so you know, if you want a flatter fretboard, you know, with a lower action, um, that's not quite Les Paul territory. I know they're now putting those on USA standard Les Pauls, and I doubt whether that would affect the tone at all. Um, but there's something about the the kind of sort of all original authentic guitars giving you that authentic tone, mm. which some of the modern ones kind of do, and some don't. I realise you know you've, if you buy from the custom shop, even if it's a reissue, you're still buying a new guitar. But it's how closely they're kind of sort of adhering to sort of what's gone before. Now, of course, it can also be a bit of a, a mook point because you think, well, unless I have two guitars side by side, how will I ever know? And yes, there is there is a truth in that. I mean, I, I had a Les Paul subtle differences. You know, there certainly yeah. can be. I mean, I had a Les Paul standard in two thousand and fifteen. It had all the whistles and bells. It had all the push pull parts with the coil tap, the phase reversal, the blower switch, all of that stuff. 
even had the the special electronic tuning system on it for about four days until it wound me up and it had to go. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> but boy, did it sound good. And I kept on taking it to gigs because it sounded good. It wasn't the tone that let it down. It was just because that neck that they put on them in 2015 was so wide, I just kept falling over the damn thing. And that's why I made the change. But now I've made the change to the Les Paul I have. It's now a Les Paul I'm very, very unlikely to ever part with. And so when, yeah, when it that's comes... That's what I'm looking at out of my Stratocaster move, I guess. You know, something that is going to be good enough that I'm going to, you know, never want to sell it, really. <laughs> it's a very difficult thing because we're all different. We hear things differently. When we play a guitar, we're looking for, for different things. Now, of course, guitar makers are very good at finding the things that the majority of people, the majority of time, will go for. You'd always find that Stevie Ray Vaughan player who wants to string it with 13s, drop it half a step, put massive relief in the neck and have an action you can drive a double-decker bus under. <laughs> These people will always exist. Obviously, most people go for a... Like, most companies go for a fairly mainstream setup on their guitars. And these things, sort of, if we like that sort of thing, sort of reel us in. Mm. In terms of of the buying factor, I guess you have to look at what's out there, decide what your budget is, and then the hardest thing of all. The heart wants what the heart wants. We all have an idea of what we really, really want. You know, about three, four years ago, I went into GAC... And they had a Gibson Collector's Choice guitar. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the Collector's Choice, there are a range of guitars that ended up in the hands of collectors, well-known, well-heeled collectors, and Gibson were able to take the guitars, scan the guitars, replicate the necks, replicate every dink, replicate the colour, even replicate the pickups. And they've done a number of different guitars. We're up to about, I don't know, 30... 40 guitars now and each each run is only of 300 guitars and the one that I tried that really really stuck in my mind and I will I was, I was surfing the internet earlier today seeing if I could find one this is going to bug me for years to come mm. it was the the one that was owned by Ronnie Montrose of Montrose <laughs> and it was a 58 and it had a very strange neck on it but a fantastic tone real smooth and balanced and mid-rangey. And it was just a wonderful guitar. And that, to me, set the benchmark. And it was quite hard finding a Les Paul that matched that benchmark. So once you find something you really, really like, or you've got an idea in your head of what you want, it's very hard to get that out of your head. And you do have to fall in love with the guitar that you're going to buy. So my advice would always be, decide what what you're going to do with it. Are you playing it for pleasure so it just doesn't matter? So, for instance, you know, although you don't play a lot of jazz, you've got enough money to buy a Gibson ES-175 for fun. Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> just because. I, w- I wish it was. <laughs> don't we all? You know, or, or some of the more unusual things like Jazz Masters and, and, and Jaguars, which are a little bit of an oddity. Or are you looking for something which is going to do a job? My Sir Guthrie Govan does a job, and it does it very well. It's a very nice guitar to play, 
but it's it's designed for the jobbing guitarist. It's designed for the guy who's going to fly around the world, play lots of different styles, and just wants to get those sounds out of his guitar as easily as possible, and wants something that plays nicely and is always reliable. If that's what you're looking for, then you're in a slightly different bracket. If you're after authenticity, you know, now when I say authenticity, I mean like a Telecaster that really smacks of a 50s or 60s because they are quite different. Or again, a Strat which really kind of nails that 60s or 50s tone. Or Les Paul 335. Do you know what I mean? The classics. Mm. So you, you need to decide what camp your guitar is going to fall in. Because most guitars fall in one of them. They're either an all-rounder they're an oddity, they're a classic, or then you get the ones which are very, very style-specific, right? The jazz guitars, the metal guitars. Just like in the 80s, you know, no one wants to turn up to a... <laughs> to the fly the, well, with a fly, or to, to a wedding gig with the flamingo pink Kramer with the reverse headstock. <laughs> a set of eights right. it's, it's, just, it's just wrong, it's bullying, don't do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 what wedding have we come to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, a few years later, in 1996, when you start opening the case, it kind of jars every time. <laughs> oh, I wish I didn't get in the paint here, flamingo pink. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So you change. Yes, certainly yeah. do. <laughs> Now we can look back at his kitsch, but at the time, it was, oh, not sure about that. It's almost retro now, isn't it? It, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, these days we've got the sort of none more black ESPs and Jacksons and stuff like that. So what are you looking for out well, of that lot, out, think? out of that lot, I, I guess the, the, the tool, the one that you really love playing because it's been designed with uh, huge amounts of uh, care to detail and uh, lots and lots of tone. You talked about a custom Fender that they've got a GAC that I've been looking at as well. But then there's the Guthrie Govan Charvel 2. And I think it's just waiting until I've got enough cash to... So really what you're after is a player-centric I think so, yeah, that's it, yeah. I mean, I I think these days we live... I'll I'll say this to the entire audience out there, and this goes for anybody, whether you're eight years old and you've just picked up a guitar or or whether you're you've been playing all, all your life and you want to buy a new guitar we live in a golden age as far as guitar guitars are concerned even the fairly cheap ones play pretty well considering if you hark back to the 70s the cheap ones were pretty awful i know because i had a 70s cast off as my first guitar and it was crap these days they're designed on computer they're made on a you know on a cnc router Everything fits. They might mm. be made out of rubbish woods if they're cheap. They might be have crap hardware. But everything works and everything does what it says on the tin. Obviously, as you move up through the model ranges, you get more attention to detail. You get better hardware. You get nicer woods. You get better finishing. The things that get done by hand, like finishing frets and stuff like that. And that's, that's where some of your money is, is going. You've got to remember with guitars, it's a case of diminishing returns. Like I said to a guy tonight, we talked about his, um, he had a Yamaha acoustic. And I said to him, is your Yamaha acoustic, which is 150, 160 quid. I said, is it 10 times worse than my Taylor that's 1600 quid? Or is my Taylor 10 times better than that? And it doesn't work that way. No, you know, and I said it, it's 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 not a case of it's so many times better. It's a case of you're getting an upgrade on everything, but you have to go a long way financially to get a significant upgrade usually. 
you know, it's like if you if you it's like turntables for vinyl and things like that, isn't it? As you get to the upper echelon, in order to get a small increase in quality, you're having to fork out a lot of money. Yeah, it's it's, it's like horsepower in a car, you know, to not one second off 0 to 60. You know, you need more and more horsepower, the more the faster the car. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's it's the same sort of thing with, with guitars. You know, you can shell out an awful lot and you're not necessarily getting something that's better. I had a kid once who said to me, and he had like a hundred quid Strat copy, and he wanted to get a cheap Epiphone SG copy. It was like 110. He said, will it be better? And I said, no, it won't be better, but it will be different. So if you're at that level where, say, your guitar is 500 quid, and you see another guitar for 500 quid, it might suit you better. It might sound more like you want it to, but if it's, you know, in this day and age, it's likely that in terms of being a better guitar, there's probably not as much in it as you think. Mm. It's probably more like it's different rather than better, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Things are more... Picking up for different it. reasons or different songs or... Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for an all-rounder, what, what sort of money do you think you would put into an all-rounder? There's an awful lot of good uh, interest-free deals and stuff. Always. Gak's pretty good and Anderson's pretty good too, isn't it? So... You know, because of that, I mean, if I was to wait a couple of years, probably I could be looking at a couple of grand, actually. Um, but maybe not right now. And that's why I'm hesitant and still remaining hesitant. <coughs> Brexit, but, I think, has really... Yeah, that's the nerve-wracking part. <laughs> it's, it's really kicked like music shops and, and musicians in the nuts. Because what was cheaper last year is no longer cheaper this year. And some of the increases are outrageous. To give you an example, when I bought my Les Paul, it should have been four and a half grand. And there was lots of money knocked off of it because it you know, it'd been on the shelf and no one had bought it, so I did. Now if you buy that guitar at that if you bought the guitar in two thousand thirteen without the relicking that mine's got on it, it would have cost you three thousand two hundred pounds. With relicking, it's another thirteen hundred quid. Now, with Brexit and everything else, if you want the same guitar as, as I've got, pretty much, without the relicking, it's £3,800. Right. Yes. If you want one with relicking on it, you're going to be clipping past the five, five grand mark. And that's some price hike. I'm kind of yeah. glad I bought it when I did. And even, you know, if, if I wanted a second-hand one of these, I've seen two second-hand Guthrie Govan Sirs recently, the signature model, and they are almost as much as I paid for mine. Five and a half years ago, I paid 2,899 quid. Peach Guitars have one currently hanging on their wall, second hand, in no better nick, £2,699. Yeah. So yeah, with, the all, with the all-rounders, if you're looking at the two grand mark, let, let's round up a few all-rounders that you could certainly... Yeah. And maybe even slightly more. I mean, I was interested by that custom Fender. That looks lovely with the Floyd Rose. Um, 1964, was it? Or, I think it was a, was it a 68, 68 or something 68, like that. it was, white one. And that was looking nice. And then there's the Char- Charvel one, which I've seen in the in the woods, so as to speak. And uh, it looks pretty good. I haven't really given it a proper try. And that's what I need to do. I mean, you know, you know, with all of them, they're all good instruments. They're all great quality. 
I I do think with the Charvel, he's he's got everything now on the five way switch. I don't know exactly what the switching is, um, but I think it's a simpler switching setup than this had. So I think yeah. it's probably missing some of the sounds. If you wanted to look at the Fender Custom Shop one with the Floyd, you'd have to decide whether a Floyd is your cup of tea, because some people hate restringing them. I'm not particularly bothered. I've had many Floyd roses over my time. Uh, it also has a silent set of single coils as well. I think it's good to see more Duncan silent single pickups. So it is going to be a good stage guitar, but it's effectively a strap with a humbucker and a Floyd Rose. Now, if you're not so fussed about the humbucker, there's lots of far cheaper options which you could try and which you might, might actually kind of like. I mean, if you if you were looking at something like the Elite series, like that guy who came to me last night with the Elite yeah. Telly, I was really impressed with that guitar. I thought it was a really nice guitar and it's a really lovely lightweight. And while I've never liked Fender's silent single coils before, I thought they did a fantastic job on that telly and it sounded really, really good and just every inch of telly. If the Strat is as good as the Telecaster, you know, with a bit of haggling, it's weighing in the 1600 quid. And that comes with a case, a strap, a lead, all of the, the extra case candy that you don't usually get with everybody else. The only thing I would say with the Fender stuff, there's nothing wrong with it, but it isn't every man's guitar. You know, you are not gonna you're not gonna play a dozen gigs without seeing something which is damn similar. You know, yeah. it's a strap. We've all got one. Um, other options which you could look at in the same sort of bracket are the Sir Pro series, um, which with a, a little bit of looking around can be had for sort of two five to two eight, and they're basically a, a modern. A 24 fret modern like this but with a set spec yeah so you actually got the same three pickups the switching's not quite as fancy everything's just on the five way you get the goto i think you can get them with the floyd as well great guitar it's got lovely that's tops the goto, it. isn't it that's that's the goto even the floyd they use is a goto one as well on the sirs yeah so i've never really had much experience with tremolos and that's another thing i definitely want from a new guitar I mean, that's that's another reason why you, you might want to quiz yourself over whether a Floyd is, is for you if you haven't done trems before. Because restringing will, you know, be more complex, obviously. Yeah, okay. Tom Anderson's are well worth a look, very much in the same sort of range league price as the Sir stuff. A little bit more unusual, though. You don't see many about, and that's kind of nice. Yeah. You don't see too many around. Um, PRS are great on time, aren't they? PRS, the, the, the cool thing with the PRS is, is that they've kind of got their own thing going on. It's like you don't listen to an album with a Sir guitar on it and go, that's a Sir guitar. Sorry, John, but that's, yeah. that's, the, that's <laughs> the truth. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's lots of different guitars which are out there. But when you hear a Strat or a Telly or any other classics, you can tell what it is. Even an SG's got a very different tonal signature from a Les Paul. With the PRS, I think they have almost got kind of their own thing going on. Yeah. You know, to the you know, I remember Alex Lifeson from Rush saying that he'd heard a lot of PRSs on records. Yeah, he could hear it when he was using PRSs. He could hear that a lot of people were using them, and they do have quite a distinctive kind of sound. There's quite a lot of options in the range as well. You've got 22 fret guitars, you've got 24 fret guitars. Um, depending on how much you're willing to stretch to, 
or if you go second hand you can sometimes get the wood library models which have different woods some are swamp ash some are mahogany sometimes you get maple boards instead of rosewood or ebony and things like that so there's lots of different options I think the nice thing with the PRSs is that they're always looking to upgrade things. They're always looking to take a guitar that they've done for years and make it better. And that's quite, I think that's a good attitude. Yeah. And Paul Reed Smith is quite a fascinating character. You know, he has got a passion for what he believes in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, without that. And, and yeah. he doesn't make anywhere near the same sort of money as people like Gibson do. Nowhere near it. I think Gib- I think Gibson, the Gibson enterprise stroke name is worth something like 350 million dollars <laughs> where Paul Reed Smith comes in with a lowly 43 and a half all oh, right okay yeah uh, still, still worth a few quid <laughs> but you know up against, up against the big boys it's, it's, it's nowhere near it yeah you know, yeah that's quite a percentage isn't it <laughs> what I would suggest is you once you decide your budget, and this goes for anyone, whether they're buying a two hundred pound guitar or even you know even a guitar out of the paper, if you've got the time and the patience, unless you really know that absolutely that's the guitar you want and that's that, decide on your budget. Be flexible with your budget within reason. So even if it's like, well, I'll go two hundred and fifty quid either way. It's worth having a little bit of flexibility because otherwise you can kind of, you know, cut yourself out of a really great instrument just because it's a little bit more expensive. Yeah, you set that, that cut-off point, yeah. It's you know, yeah, expensive. if you kind of go, no, you regret another, that. it's another <laughs> six pounds, I'm not going <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to regret that next time you've earned yourself six quid. <laughs> oh, dear. Several bags of chips and it could have been mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so with a degree of flexibility, but then line them up in a shop and try them one by one. Try and go somewhere where you can try all of them all of the things that you want to try if possible on different tones on an amplifier as well I guess as well that's the other thing you you want to get an amp that's as close to what you what you use as possible and what you're used to using you try know. it mostly on clean and then check check out which check, check all, all the sounds that your life is using if you're a metal guy clean is probably enough for to do clean as well yeah, 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 it's probably enough. That's pretty good if it does clean. Well, too. I, well, I don't understand. <laughs> um, but, but you know, it's probably a bit more of an afterthought if you do mostly like the high gain sounds. But then again, if you're playing in, for a wedding, you know, playing in a dance band or something, clean is is absolutely essential, and it's going to be used a lot in your set. If you're playing in a little jazz trio or something like that, you're going to use a clean amp all the time, pretty much. So you you want to kind of make it as applicable to what you do as possible, you know. Mm. You also if you if you can get a quiet enough area in the shop, listen to how a, a guitar kind of rings acoustically. It is a yeah, that's a an interesting tra- point. Yeah, yeah, it's a trademark of how well it's going to sound. My my nephew has a gem. Yeah, and uh, I don't like it. It sounds all right. It's got decent pickups on it, but it always seems a bit dead. Yeah, just like mm, it plays well, and it sounds like okay through an amp. It just sounds a bit dead, you know. Like like if you're piling on the gain, it sounds pretty cool. But if you wanted kind of sort of sparkling clean sounds, they should be there because you've got the single call pickup options. But it, mm. it just mm. I found some of the Epiphone Les Pauls have done the same thing when I've listened to them. 
or just a little bit instead of going bling the strings kind of go doo yeah. just a little bit dead you know it should have a guitar ideally should have a nice natural sustain and a good ring to it you know that's that's how it should be in an ideal world yeah just from those just from the words <laughs> that's yeah. it if you like a Les Paul and you want a little bit more from a Les Paul that's something else you can look at because the playability of the new Les Pauls like the, the standards is pretty amazing you know, yeah, we were talking, uh, I arrived about the new uh, body shape as well, weren't we? Yeah, you're the 24th round. But I mean, if you like that, you know, they, they, they do some now, like the high performance models. Okay, they've got the tuning system on there. That may not be for you. But they have like a dressed away heel and everything. And if, if you don't like the tuning thing, you can always get the, the Les Paul Access, which is a custom shop model, but it's one of the cheapest custom shop models. And it has a slightly thinner body, a dressed away heel, Coil taps. You can get one with the Floyd Rose if you want. I do love Les Pauls. I, mean, I love this bit of kit. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's familiarity. Yeah. You know, the guy, the guy who traded his PRS for a telly had tried the PRS as an experiment, had it for three months and just decided it wasn't for him. You know, he, sometimes people like what they like. Yeah. You know, you think Slash uses Les Pauls all the time and when he wants a trem guitar, he has a Les Paul with a trem. He sort of found the formula that works for him and he's sticking with it. So I think lining up a few guitars, but also be prepared to try some oddities. You may be surprised. Hmm. Yeah, you may be pleasantly surprised. I will, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be a while, folks who are listening. It's not going to be next week or anything like that, but it's it's going to be a while, but lots of food for thought there for me to Hmm. think about. I mean, one, one day I walked out of the house thinking... I must get an all-rounder. And I had in my mind that I would get a PRS. Mm. I hadn't had a PRS for I was kind of hankering after one. I was like, mm, maybe. But I was sort of looking for inspiration. I was almost like I was hoping to walk into a music shop, any music shop, don't really care which one. And there's a fantastic Tom Anderson in a fantastic colour with great switching, great pickups, feels great, and it's at a bargain basement price. That's what I wanted. <laughs> And could I find what I wanted? It was a bit of a struggle. In in the end, I ended up with a Rob Williams. And Rob Williams is an individual sort of... He does, you know, designs and builds guitars sort of one by one. He's you know He makes guitars from scratch by hand and lives in the Welsh Hills. And I ended up with one of his guitars. And he winds his own pickups even. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's nice. It's nice thing to know about your own bit of kit, isn't it? That's right. And I, and I used his guitars for a few years. And I, I literally left the house thinking, right, okay, this afternoon I hope I'm walking back with X, Y, and Z. And I just didn't. And I ended up trying something which normally I wouldn't have gone for something which was a maker I didn't know and hadn't heard much about. I ended up trying his guitar, deciding actually it's really great. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I, that's what I took home with me about a week later. You know, it's good to be open-minded, but at the same time, kind of have a, an idea and try not to leave disappointed, you know. Yeah. If you've got an idea of the guitar that you want in mind, if it fits your criteria, you know. We should get the acoustics well, out, shouldn't we, in one of these sessions as well? Because we you've got your Taylor and yeah. I've got a Gibson acoustic too. We should, we should do something around that so people can hear the tonal differences between those two guitars and we could do something acoustically. That'd be a good plan. Absolutely. What PRS are you thinking of buying or are you thinking of for me? (laughs) (laughs) 
You're thinking it's a good bet, though, aren't you? Well, there's a lot of things. There's lots of places that sell them. Yeah. Unlike the Sears, where you've got you know getting better but slightly limited out out outlets. Yeah. You've got World Guitars, yeah. sell PRS, uh, Guitar Guitar, GAC. Yeah. Um, where else you've got Peach Guitars, Andertons must do. Andertons, PMT. You know, whatever colour you want, whatever, you know, yeah. they do two neck, neck profiles and, and, and a whole bunch of colours. Uh, so I'm, I suppose I was sort of. What about the neck in comparison? Because this is really, really enjoyed playing. I mean, it's, it was the jumbo frets, the wide neck, the just the setup and everything. And, and how did it compare on that side of things? It's a, it's a very different prospect. Right. And it depends on what you want, you yeah. know, from a guitar. The, I would say the PRS has the, the fret wire felt good. Apparently, the fret wire they use it's not stainless steel, but apparently it's one down from the hardest nickel you can get. According to Paul Reed Smith, when they tried the really hard nickel, because you can get you get one. I guess it's got different amounts of steel in it or whatever. Yeah. Um, he said it, he didn't think it sounded as great. So they kind of chose the next one down, but it, it, apparently the fret wire is pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they, it played really great. The neck carve was different. This is an asymmetrical neck. Yeah. Come across those before? Uh, well, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, I haven't played loads and loads of guitars. Suppose, they're, be, so. they're becoming more more common. They've had them on the Les, Les Paul standard for so quite a while. they move around or something? They yeah, so you've rounded. got more meat on the bass side. Yeah. It's yeah, it's something you can feel rather than sort of see. Yeah. On the bass side, there's quite a bit of meat. So when you're playing chords and that, there's quite a bit of support for your your thumb. Yeah, yeah. But then they're ellipse. It's kind of like an ellipse. So up here, there's a lot less meat on this side of the neck. Uh, so you never yeah. feel short change when you try and do the more tricky thing. Nice. Um, yeah, and the P- and the PRS DGT, the PRS. DGT one, yeah. Um, the or, DGT is the Dave Grissom. So I was looking at the Custom Twenty Four. Yeah, the Dave Grissom's got a very full neck. Yeah. It's a neck profile really akin to a, I would say, a late fifties Les Paul. Right. I would say it's got probably it's some fall somewhere in between a fifty eight and fifty nine Les Paul kind of feel. Yeah. The Custom Twenty Four. It's got quite slopey shoulders, like you know a V-neck where it sort of slopes in and then it's rounded at the bottom and it kind of slopes back up the other yeah. side. It's not as pronounced as that. It's almost like a sort of softer version of a '59 Les Paul neck. You know, like when you tried my Les Paul, you've had a quick go. I did have a quick go. I love that. Yeah. It's got That's a very good. full neck, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But the, the sides are quite slopey, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and I would say the yeah. PRS is like that, but a lot more slender they do two necks they do a thin profile which they call pattern thin and they do a regular profile called pattern regular yeah the thin profile feels nice there's nothing wrong with it the it's regular the profile's meeting, got the a bit more string meat. when you bend and stuff isn't it it's that it felt comfortable yeah. do you know what I mean it felt like a I nice profile a go, though, don't I, I, I got him to get the one with the regular neck down off the stand so I could have a, a feel of it and I said I don't want to plug it in I'm run, you know, I've got a lot of time I plugged in the one with the thin neck but not the thick and uh, I felt the one with cool. the regular neck and I, I liked it. it it's nice you've got a more curvaceous board than 
than this. This is a very flat board. It's sixteen inch, a sixteen inch radius. So you know that means if you got if you got a compass and drew a big circle, which had a sixteen yeah. inch radius, so it'd be a big circle, and took yeah. out a fretboard sized chunk of that radius, that would leave you with the the very flat board you've got here. Most PRSs run to a 10-inch radius, which falls right between Gibson and Fender. So Fender's vintage radius was 7 and a quarter inches. And on the modern ones, they're a little more genteel than that. But Gibson's was 12. So 10 yeah. sort of cuts it pretty much straight down the centre. And I'll say a 10-inch radius feels good. It's quite curvy, which kind of fits your hand quite nicely. Sometimes I find on a really flat radius, bar chords are a little harder work because the board's very flat yeah. lead work is made very easy by it but bar chords this must a little be tougher. 10 or something mustn't it I don't really 12 12 yeah so the radius is that way oh so of your there. fretboard itself oh I didn't realise that I so was the thought... curvaceousness of your fretboard oh. so didn't this is very at all. <laughs> so this is flat flat that's yeah. not quite as flat but that's flatter than most fenders yeah I, yeah okay so a PRS is just a You'll feel very fairly on home at home with it. It's just a little bit more curvaceous than a cool. than a, a Les Paul is. How much was that one coming in, coming in out of the customer? Well, they want three grand for them because they're the new seven two thousand and seventeen prices. However, if you look around, most places are selling the custom twenty fours on the internet. The ones with the eighty five fifteen pickups from two thousand and sixteen, and there's a lot of them on the internet. Plenty of places selling them. For two six five nine. That's doable, yeah, probably. And yeah, he's yeah. I mean, Gak had a superb deal on on some of their guitars. They did they did back they do good finance deals, don't they? As well, which he's encouraging. I well, suppose. yeah, and you're you're probably credit worthy, unlike yeah. me. But <laughs> last year they bought out a thirtieth anniversary version of it, which yeah. is quite nice. It's got purfling around the edges of the neck and sort of around the headstock very pretty and it had sort of mixed hardware gold and chrome mixed together just looked quite nice mm. um what else did they have on there sets you back a bit more though i imagine well the funny thing was at one point when the new 2016 guitars came in because this was a 2015 guitar there are quite a lot of places selling them for a bit less in fact beautiful tops aren't they those they vary quite wildly. Um, they're always kind of nice, but the wood library ones and stuff and the private stocks are really rather good. So, for example, that's like a Billy Bog standard custom 24. And it's nice, yeah, it's a nice top. It's nothing wrong with that. Well, guitars. Two, six, yeah. Are they in. Um Croydon. No, they're up Midlands. Midlands. And then if you get the. It's that guitar, guitar, isn't it? It's in London. So like, they've got a deal on this one, 2495. This is the 30th anniversary. So you've got the mixed hardware, the purfling, same pickups, same guitar, just a few extra trinkets and probably a slightly nicer case with it. Got the tremolo. Yeah, you've got the tremolo on there. So it's the same guitar, but just with a few more bits and bobs pretty damn nice as well oh yeah 30th anniversary charcoal custom 24 well guitars 2-4 right your number. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll have a good look thank you very much Dan
That's all right. Always a pleasure. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar gear. If you enjoy this podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website at tuneintoneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and other resources. I hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. (laughs) 